It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the Montreal Canadiens 3-2 in the shootout. Vegas now 9-0-1, 19 out of a possible 20 points so far through 10 games on the season for the Vegas Golden Knights. And to help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth and bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan, you, you look at this one, it, it, again, it wasn't a complete game by any stretch for the Golden Knights, and yet they do find a way to win. What stands out to you uh, over the course of, of the 65-plus minutes we saw tonight? Probably Aiden Hill's recovery mm. after the gaff. You know, we have talked about it a little bit where there have been times in Aiden's stretch with Vegas, now a couple of years long, where he has made mistakes like that you know this is it's a flub it it happens once in a while it occurs at the worst time with monahan breathing down his neck and it leads to a shorthanded goal otherwise we probably aren't talking about the golden knights playing a shootout it's probably in regulation mm -hmm. um so that that's first you know he did give up the goal to suzuki but you know that, that was just a great play by the canadians and uh, hill was run into often today he had a lot of traffic around his net. You know, when you have poor ice conditions, it leads to a lot of herky-jerky scatter play, mm -hmm. and that makes it even harder for a goaltender because the puck is going in every which direction. And then, of course, he's got to survive the shootout. He's got to survive the, uh, the great attempts that the Canadians made in those extra shootout attempts. So I, to me, it was that Aiden Hill was, was really good after that gaffe early in the second period. And... You know, really, there were times where the Knights seemed to, um, I, I don't know if frustrated is quite the right way to capture it, Ryan, but, you know, whether it was, you know, some guy being out of position or a pass that didn't connect or the ice conditions, you know, some of the decision-making was, you know, deliberate because mm -hmm. it just wasn't clicking. And it's, it's sort of the equivalent of gripping your stick too tight. It's, it, you know, you overthink it. You try to make the right play, and too often – it seemed like there was a pass that didn't need to be there. When you know things aren't going your way, you try to simplify, and the Knights were not really doing that. Uh, so uh, <laughs> they managed to survive, you know, mm. and uh, and pull it out in a shootout. The third period has been their strongest. They did not score in the third period today. In fact, they gave up one in the third period today. So they are now only plus seven in third periods. So they, um, you know, they, you could see it in overtime, you know, there, there were, it, they, like they should have scored mm -hmm. <laughs> several yeah, times. Yeah. And they didn't give credit to Montembeau, mm -hmm. who really, especially the save on Petrangelo, that was yeah. clearly the, the greatest one scoring chance and the greatest save too. Uh, so give credit to Montembeau, who was very good in that situation. But the Knights did not get as many pucks on goal as they probably would have liked. Yeah, simplifying the game, I think, is probably the area you look at in this one, where if the Golden Knights, the passes weren't connecting, just throw them on net. And you look no further than the power play goal from Paul Cotter. It's a play where you just throw the puck to the net. It, it takes a nice bounce. You get the goal, and, and you, you kind of wanted to see more of that, especially in the second period where when it just seemed to, to get away from the Golden Knights. Yeah, it just the kind of smash-mouth sorts of things that can happen. You just go hard to the net. And the puck is not always going to go on goal, but it creates havoc. And, you know, just that second period when the Knights went basically 15 minutes without a shot to start the period, 
They finally got one, I believe, was the transition chance, Carlson to Colasar. Yeah. And then the other one in transition again, Stevenson setting up Carrier, which almost didn't happen because Stevenson lost the handle on the buck, <laughs> and he admitted to us he wasn't trying to do that, but it worked out well in his recovery to set up Carrier. But that's the sort of thing that we just – you know, you expect to see more often. Bruce yeah. Cassidy on the pregame show so that, you know, Montreal is going to try to do the, the up and down type of thing. And, you know, Vegas can handle that. And Vegas is usually good at playing that game. They just seem not to counter the Canadians in that respect until overtime, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> now, one area you look at for the Golden Knights that was really good throughout the entire game was their penalty kill. Like, what have you noticed or what are you seeing or observing as far as their PK goes that's allowed them to be so good early on in the season? Yeah, the things that John Stevens has talked about with regard to the penalty kill has to do with allowing the players to be more instinctive. Mm. There's a, an adjustment to what they tried to do last year. Um, and I think that Jack Eichel's addition to the penalty kill, he was in the box for one of the penalties today, obviously. But I think that you're allowing the players to be a little bit more aggressive. And uh, I, you know, I've heard the, the term washing machine to describe the approach that they had. Mm. Um, it's not exactly a, you know, a, a cycle, but you kind of swing from one side to the other. And you know, that was a work in progress all of last year. It never got to the point where you really felt good at it. Sometimes it was fine, but it just never got to a place where you felt it's a strength of the team. Mm -hmm. And so with the adjustments that they've made, the mindset adjustment uh, that they're um, allowing the players to be, uh, you know, there's a different kind of structure, and it also allows for a little bit more instinct involved and a little bit more aggression. And Jack Eichel is, you know, that seems suited for Jack. And uh, though they have not yet scored a shorthanded goal, they had a couple of good looks. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the Eichel to Carlson, uh, Carlson-Eichel situation, Nearly was a shorthanded goal in this one, too. So, you know, maybe it's the adjustments, you know, uh, different personnel. You miss Riley Smith, but Jack Eichel is there. And, um, you know, you have a healthy Petrangelo now. <laughs> uh, Martinez, McNabb, you know, you, you saw Korzak out there a little bit as well. So you've got the personnel, I think. Zach Whitecloud is, is still missed, but I think you're, you're, you've got a personnel and a system that are more closely matched now. What does Halloween look like tomorrow for Dan Duva? Mm, Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> That's I did, the right answer. I, I, I did stop to get some, the, the, the you know, pumpkin-shaped Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I have to say that Halloween, the original movie hmm. with Jamie Lee Curtis from, what, 77, is one of my favorite films, period. And all the movies after that are not as good as the first one, the remakes. <laughs> but I still enjoy them because it's all part of that little world of, of Halloween and all the remakes. Who knows how many of those they've made now. But uh, still the original one. And that theme song is just one of the best songs of all time. So uh, it, there will be some work tomorrow, maybe uh, some celebrating of the Halloween. But whether mm -hmm. it's late tonight, Ryan, or late tomorrow night, at the last thing that I'll do... Uh, so maybe tomorrow night, because I'm tired now. Uh, maybe the <laughs> last thing I do tomorrow night is I will fall asleep watching the original Halloween. All right. How about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I got uh, I got trick-or-treating with the kiddos, yeah. so that's yep, going to yep. be fun. Oh, I missed the trick-or-treating. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I get to live through them, and I get to go up to the door a couple of times, and I get candy. Like, it do, you, doesn't... do you get a costume, or are you going to have a costume? Yeah, I'm actually going, uh, so it's going to be a joint costume with my wife. Uh, she's a big Gilmore Girls fan, yeah, yeah. so I'm going as Luke, and she's going as Lorelai. Uh -huh. So essentially, I'm just wearing a backwards hat. <laughs> That, that that works. 
that works, especially if you get the candy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dan, have a fantastic night. Have a great Halloween tomorrow, and we'll chat on Thursday. Thanks, Ryan. Same to you. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 3-2 victory for the Golden Knights in the shootout over the Montreal Canadiens. We're back with more on the post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Make your next family outing extra special and save money with the Family 4-Pack. Available now on VegasGoldenKnights.com. This offer includes tickets, hot dogs, and drinks, and is available for family-friendly matinee games. It's the VGK post-game show. The Golden Knights defeat the Montreal Canadiens 3-2 in the shootout. And let's go downstairs to hear from Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. It's a results-oriented business, so the mood is good when you win. Uh, it's usually not good when you lose. Even when you outplay teams when you lose, you're never in a good mood. So we'll enjoy that part of it, but uh, you're accurate. They, they outplayed us um, in a lot of areas, so we've got some work to do. Good, Ken. Ken Bulky, Sinman, Not Vegas. A couple of guys have mentioned that one of the best things about this team is you guys know how to stay in the games. What are you seeing that allows you to do that? Well, teams tend not to extend leads on us. Um, so that's a good part of this group. They, we don't... We haven't been on the wrong side of a lot of runs, and what I mean by that is, you know, it's one nothing, two nothing, three nothing. Now you're chasing it so badly. Same with losses, right? There was a stretch last year in January we lost some games, but in general we don't get on those runs where we can't get out of them. So, credit to the guys for recognizing that. Um, usually that involves some sort of timely plays, whether that's a save or penalty kill as well when you're not scoring, um, or you get a quick goal to answer. So. We didn't have a lot going, and Will scores a nice goal play by Steve's, uh, Stevie. So there's some of those plays internally that we're able to make at the right time. I think that team did this very, very well in the playoffs last year. Um, and then we were able to extend a lot from there. So that is definitely a positive of this group, even when we're not on our A game. You know, we find ways to gut it out with our B game, and then a couple of guys will almost step up with their A game. Like, you know, Hilly makes a mistake tonight. But after that, he's pretty rock solid. So, you know, he was able to cover up for some of our deficiencies with our puck play. Again, not executing at a high enough level. So I just find that we always have a guy or two that's able to, to help us out of those um, lulls. And that's kind of what's happened here. Go, Jesse. Jesse Granger at The Athletic. It seemed like they were able to generate kind of cutting around the outside and driving harder than that on the rush. Is that just needing better gaps, or is there a better way to defend that? Usually it starts with a gap, and I, and I didn't think ours were great. Sometimes that there's a lot of different things that go into gaps. It's are you managing the puck on the offensive side of things so your D can get up the ice and close a gap, or are you turning it over so they're, you know, they're always in between, not able to rest a little bit as well. Like we didn't have much ozone time at all, so now that's where your D sort of gets some other – well, they established their gap there first, um, coming out of the ozone, and where they can get a little bit of their energy back. So, um, and then Montreal has good speed; they, they they do go to the net. Anderson, particularly, is probably the guy. I mean, he did that in Columbus for years. It's one of his strengths. So you got to get it in front of him early, and then once he established position, he's going right in there. So, um, you know, I thought Corsi, the last one, actually played it not half bad. For once, he was kind of got a half step, and he got 
got a penalty for it. But um, some of that is our D just, you know, now engaging one-on-one -on -one again. It's like our forwards on the walls. You got to be ready for, you know, there was a lot of that tonight that we didn't have the mindset, the mentality. It was going to be hard be hard in those areas, and it showed. Go to Chris, then Vince. Hey, Coach. Uh, Chris Golick, Vegas Hockey. Now, after the first period, the Golden Knights were outshot 30-14. to 14. Was there a change in the strategy by Montreal? I don't think so. I don't think we were outshot 30 to 14. After the first? Yeah. I think it was 11 9. Yeah, something like that. That's okay. not 30 to 14. I'll change it. After the second period, the team was outshot a lot. Was that a difference in the execution of Montreal, a strategy change? What led to that? Uh, they outplayed us. I don't think there's a lot to digest in there. Um, Trying to think when some of our penalties came. We had them in the second period, so we should have generated more. We didn't shoot that much. Um, I think we had two shots in the second period, and for the most part, one went in, thankfully. Um, two that hit post, Cotter and Barbie, but we didn't gen we, we looked off a lot of plays. I think we had a two-on-one. We Barbie passed to Marsh. We missed. We had um, another two-on-one. I think we chose to make a play. So some of the, uh, Stevie in the slot, that's right in the power play, looked up for Stone. I think we had some good opportunities to shoot. So they certainly would have been closer, uh, the actual shot totals, if we had a, probably put a few more pucks on net, which is our team at times. We look for the extra play. Sometimes it works. Um, but on the flip side, uh, they were able to get their shots through. And I think it's a mentality against us, the way we pack it in. I think a lot of teams are trying to just put pucks, LA did it the other night. They had I think 90-some shot attempts, well, three were high danger, right? So that's just a little bit of the give and take of our system. So I think teams do know that, that they will put pucks towards the net. That's why our shot block totals are high as well. So uh, I wouldn't attribute it to anything other than they won more battles for pucks than us, and they chose to put them on net. And, um, we're hoping to get rewarded that way, and they did eventually. That's Vince Sapienza, Fox 5 Vegas. Uh, Bruce, last year you talked about how you guys like to look at 10-game increments. When you look at this first 10 games, aside from banking the points, is there a takeaway that you have when you're looking at the macro of those games? Well, I don't like to push aside the aside from the points. I mean, it's 19 out of 20 friggin' points. I mean, we missed, we're missing one point, right? So we, we can sit there and digest our game and say, well, we need to do this better or that better. We just got 19 out of 20 points. Um, so to me, that that's pretty good, and we're not going to push that aside or overlook it. So that, and I think you can't because it's too hard to win in this league. So we haven't always looked our best, and I'll be the first to say that tonight included. But it's not easy to win. Montreal's a good. Like people say, well, Montreal, they're what are they five two and two? I mean, they have a good record. They're 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 winning games, so it's not going to be easy. We need to be better, obviously, to sustain this. <clears throat> you know, to get to our game. and um, But at the end of the day, um, I like our penalty kill. It's much improved. Our power play numbers are better. Uh, some nights it's sharper than others, but our special teams numbers are better. And that was a primary area of focus this summer we needed to improve on. We thought if we wanted to stay at the level we expect to be at. Um, I think we have good depth again. I'll take that. Like a lot of different guys scoring tonight. It's it's Cotter and Carrier, and we get points. It's not relying on the top guys. I would say that our top guys right now probably 
are struggling a bit to, to bring points to the table and offense to the table. Uh, we're going to need that eventually, but we're getting through it. Um, we're looking at some young D and Korzak and Pahal a little more, with, so we're, we're, we're getting some um, looks at our depth and, and now, now Pav a little more with Nick Wild. So that's what I'm sort of looking at right now. I'm not going to overanalyze this game or last week's game. Um, it's keep building and get points, but we know there's lots of areas to improve. We, we understand that. I, I'm not going to list every area because from night to night it changes, but um, we understand that. So we're not taking every day off thinking, well, we're, we're, we're exactly where we need to be because our record's 9-0-1-1. We're, we're not that naive. There's t times tonight we weren't respectful enough of the game and the process that happened against Chicago, what's happened a few times this year, and we'll keep harping on that. But it's also 10 games in, so I know the players will slowly ramp up as well. <clears throat> Go three more, Chris, Allen, and Jesse. After that long answer, you want three more, Nate? <laughs> I thought I maybe. was cutting it off at three, and you just kept going. Too much insight. Hey, Bruce, Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas, and I feel like maybe you kind of answered a lot of it there, but last I October... I probably did, didn't more, I? Yeah. Two more, Chris. <laughs> Pretty Sorry. much covered everything. <laughs> last October and this October, obviously you come in... Very challenging circumstances last October, new coach, new team. This year, Stanley Cup champs, there's that Stanley Cup champ hangover thing. But why have your teams been so successful these first two years in October? I mean, you just mentioned 19 out of 20 points. But what is – maybe you don't want to spell, sp spill the secret sauce. But I don't think they're – honestly, I think we, we've – I think we've run two good training camps. I do believe that. We've, we've drilled down on work ethic, how we want to play, identity. So right out of the gate, we have an identity. We have our work ethic. Is it there every night? No, but it's been instilled in the group and they understand how we want to play. And I think that was the key last year more than this year. Um, sometimes new people come in, it, it takes a while. So it's a credit to, I, I thought, how we run our camp and it's a credit to the players because they're the ones that have to execute the plan. Um, so I think that has had a lot to do with our, our starts. We're on the same page, this is how we're going to play. And uh, we've been pretty good with that. And. Uh, as I said, this year we found ways to win. Going back to, I think it was your question earlier, last year I wouldn't have known that about the group, but we found that out, that the guys have, are able to find ways to win, stay in games. So that had something to do with it as well. <clears throat> Alan. Uh, hey, Bruce. Uh, Alan Snell with LV Sports Biz. Um, that was a really good answer. <laughs> he answered actually some of the things, but um, I, was kind of, I was just kind of curious <clears throat> Will it be a challenge with, you know, with knocking out 19 out of 20 points? What is the challenge like to get the players to buy in to improve the, some of the things that you want them to get better well, at? Well, th th that is a good question because we're going to find out, right? Is it, um, do they expect to have, you know, easy practices because we're winning or do we want to bear down and work on stuff? And I think this is a great group that way. They understand. We've got veteran guys. But it's going to take a little encouragement, a little pushing them to, to, to understand that, you know, last year was last year. And we're going to take what we need from it, but, you know, that it's, a, you know, it's a new year and teams are coming for you and other teams are healthy and have improved or not improved, some of them, whatever. But so we have to keep reminding them of that. Now, maybe last year we kind of, I remember Stoney saying he's drilled this, drilled it into us how we want to play. And I thought that was, I don't know if drilled is a compliment, but to me as a coach, it's like, well, obviously they're getting it because it's been drilled into them. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. So 
we got to be careful you don't drill them too often after a long, you know what I mean? So there's a little bit of maybe less harshness to it, more back and forth than, than demands, I guess, um, asking as opposed to demanding how we want to play. So it's a gentler approach probably. Um, and, I, and I think we have a, a veteran enough room that they will eventually realize that now they may come to me, some of them one before and say, listen, this is just the way it's going to be for a bit here until guys get the mental grind of, you know, the importance of where we are in the year. And so we'll have to balance that as well. When, you know, teams go through that. Jesse's going to return his time. So thank you, coach. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. <laughs> That was head coach Bruce Cassidy, a long press conference after tonight's 3-2 victory over the Montreal Canadiens in the shootout. And with tonight's Golden Knights win, you win as well. Enjoy 31% off menu-priced pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using the code VGKWINS at PizzaHut.com. We're back with more on the post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome, Los VGK, to the Golden Knights family, a new year-round initiative developed to connect with us and celebrate the Valley's Spanish-speaking community. Thursday, November 2nd, is Hispanic Heritage Night at the Fortress, but watch for a year-round activations from Los VGK moving forward. It's the VGK post-game show. The Golden Knights defeat the Montreal Canadiens 3-2 in the shootout. And we'll take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and a great shift from Michael Amadio led to the first power play goal of the game for Vegas, and Paul Cotter got Vegas on the board with a power play goal. To the top of the circle, Cotter put it toward the goal. Score! It was a pass attempt that got tipped down the slot and into the goal. Vegas takes a 1-0 lead, a power play goal, with under five minutes to play in the first period. Third goal of the year for Paul Cotter from William Carlson and Alex Petrangelo. 15.06 of the first period on the power play made it one to nothing Vegas. The Golden Knights would take that one nothing lead into the second period, but the Canadians would tie the game up early in the second as an Aiden Hill misplay led to a shorthanded goal for Sean Monaghan. Oh, a turnover by Hill, and the Canadians score. Sean Monaghan was not going to allow Aiden Hill an easy breakout pass. Hill gives it away, and the Canadians tie it 1-1. Fifth goal of the year for Sean Monaghan, unassisted shorthanded goal, 538 of the second period, tied the game at one, and it took quite a while for the Golden Knights to get even a shot on goal in the period, but on a delayed penalty, Vegas found a way to regain the lead as Will Carrier scored his second goal of the year. Here's Eichel, finds Stevenson into the zone. Stevenson comes down the slot, centers, backdoor, they score! William Carrier on the delayed penalty set up by Chandler Stevenson. Two to one Golden Knights. William Carrier, two goals in as many games, and Vegas has the lead back. Will Carrier from Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel, 18-10 of the second period, made it 2-1 Vegas. The Golden Knights would once again take a one-goal lead into a new period, the third period, and the Canadians pushed all period long. They found the equalizer late in the third as former Golden Knight Nick Suzuki tied the game with a dazzling goal. Harvey Pinard could not tip it on goal. Caulfield high on the right, to the left. A shot through the net mouth. Score! Suzuki! Side of the goal! Looked like a shot, but it was a perfectly placed pass. 
And the Canadians have tied it 2-2 with 4.18 to go. Nick Suzuki's second goal of the year from Raphael Harvey-Pennard and Cole Caulfield. 15-42 of the third period tied the game at two, so we'd head to overtime. Jack Eichel, working hard, would draw a penalty shot and had a golden opportunity to end the game. Suzuki enters on the left, challenged in the slot. Eichel pulls it away. Eichel coming out one-on-one. -on -one. Eichel charging toward the goal. Draws a penalty. Will it be a penalty shot? Yes! The righty goes left. Down to the slot. Save! Montembeau! So a great save there from Sam Montembeau. Keeps the game tied at two through overtime, and we'd head to the shootout. The Golden Knights would get a goal from Jonathan Marcheseau and this marker from Shea Theodore. Fourth round begun by Shea Theodore. The lefty goes right to the slot. Backhander. He scores! Wow! Oh, my gosh! In the blink of an eye from his forehand to his backhand to the back of the net. So Shea Theodore and Jonathan Marcheseau get the markers for the Golden Knights, and Aiden Hill and uh, his post shut the door on the game. Lefty goes right to the hash mark, shooting, hits the post, no! Vegas wins! 9-0-1 to start the season. Final score, Vegas 3, Montreal 2. 3-2 the final here from T-Mobile Arena. The Golden Knights defeat the Montreal Canadiens to improve to 9-0-1, 19 out of 20. That's what the Golden Knights have as far as points banked early on this season. We're back to wrap it up next on the post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Vegas Golden Knights post game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. VGK post game show, 3 2 the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Montreal Canadiens in the shootout. The post game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Kind of a scary spot there in the second period with Aiden Hill. He, he comes up uh, laboring a bit, and it was weird because it was a delayed penalty on Montreal. Aiden Hill had to get off the ice. In doing so, Jack Eichel jumps on the ice, and then he helps set up Will Carrier's go-ahead goal to make it 2-1. to one. So good to see Aiden Hill back in the net and able to play in the third period. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. Uh, the Golden Knights, again, I thought their first period was great. Their second period was the exact opposite of, of great. Um, it, it was not a strong period by any stretch for the Golden Knights, overthinking things, looking for the perfect play, not simplifying the game, not spending enough time in the offensive zone, and yet they only throw two shots on goal, but then they end up with a lead going into the third period, and that certainly was helpful because they, they ran out of gas. To me, to my eyes, it, it looked like a team that was playing the third game in four nights. It looked like a team that was running out of gas in this one, and they were able to find a way to pull out that second point, thanks in large part to Shea Theodore's fantastic move in the shootout and Aiden Hill and his goalpost. That's going to do it for me here on the VGK Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network postgame show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3-2 the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Montreal Canadiens in the shootout. Vegas now. 9 0 1, 19 out of a possible 20 points for the defending Stanley Cup champions. Points in all 10 games to start the season. You can't ask for much more than that. You heard Bruce Cassidy uh, just about 10 minutes ago talk about how you can't set aside the points, right? Like, you can want this team to play better, and we'll get into that for sure. You can want them to play better, but from a results perspective, there's really not much else you could ask for through 10 games. You can get nitpicky if you want. That's what this program's all about. But the fact of the matter is, when you are a defending Stanley Cup champion, and all we hear all summer long is is the Stanley Cup hangover and how it takes a long time to kind of get to your game or find wins, what have you, the Golden Knights have kind of shifted that narrative, at least early on. Now, are they going to have to play better? Yes. Are they going to have to play better and, and probably get less results than what they've gotten through the first 10 games? It's law of diminishing returns. Like they're not going to have stretches every single ten game increment where they're picking up nineteen to twenty points. But these are banked, and we saw how important it was early on last year for the Golden Knights to bank points thirteen and two through the first fifteen games, and how that helped them in a flat spot midway through the season. Seven oh two eight seven six thirteen forty. Spooky season. It's coming to an end, so let's get a little crazy tonight. All right, that's all I'm saying. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Can we say 19 out of friggin' 20? I mean, the coach <laughs> said it, so why not? If he can say it, we're going to say it. I mean, it's just amazing. There's absolutely no reason for us to have banked 19 points, but we did it. Mm. We've done it. And I feel sorry for the guys in the room. I want to say that I, I, I feel their pain more than most of the callers do. Because it's hard to find fault with near perfection. But that's, that's their job. They're doing their best to try to poke at the bear. And the bear fought back a little bit tonight. Well, I, I mean, it was a fair question in that, you know, you, you want to see things trending in the right direction. And you look back to last season, right? Bruce talked all year long about growing your game, getting better, building and building and building until you are playing your best hockey. We all know that this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Like we all know that the Golden Knights want to be playing their best hockey in April, May, and June, not necessarily here in October, yet this is a team that, you know, whether or not they've got their B game, whether or not they've got their C game, they're never out of a game. And when this team isn't out of a game, if you can't put them away, you have you have some problems because they're going to find a way. Well, I always grew up with the mantra, depending on the sport, of course, every win that you get in October is just as big as the ones you get in March. Mm-hmm. It does not matter, and someday we'll look back on this as a, a just a miracle, really. today, Tonight was nothing short of impossible, yet we did it. And it depends on how we do, let's say, Saturday night. I'll be interested to see how that goes. And, of course, we'll talk. you guys will talk a lot about that. But we still have to get past Winnipeg, obviously, and they're not going to be easy either. And we'll have to play better. I will say Brian McCormick uh, raised an eyebrow at nighttime at noon. And if you missed that show, 
uh, it's a good listen. Uh, Derek England made a comment that had Brian, uh, Brian, uh, questioning, you know, what he said. And he said, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say this. And I didn't, I know I hadn't. He said, I had a left eye for defense. That's what Derek England said. Now, so defensive players actually have an eye as opposed to maybe just a shot. It's one side or the other. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that, that kind of makes sense, right? It, especially if you're used to playing on one side or the other. I think you're so used to seeing pressure come at you in a, a repetitive way that all of a sudden you, you start to realize that when you're looking at things through a different perspective on the other side of the ice, you're just maybe not as sure-footed or, or sure-handed in what you're going to do. So um, thanks Mike, for the call, I appreciate it. I, I think that that's a really interesting way of looking at it. Sometimes it's not just about the shot. And, you know, to a degree, like Shea Theodore, right? He's a left-hand shot playing the right side, but he's so comfortable and sees the ice so well that he, he's looking for those lanes and those opportunities in the neutral zone to jump into plays and, and make things happen. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's a really interesting perspective, and that's why, uh, you know, you ask questions like that of, of Derek Englund. He's, he's in the league for, for a long, long time and, and has, a different way of looking at things, and I, I think that that's a really interesting point, Mike. Thanks for the call. 702-876-1340. That's the number if you'd like to join us here on the Extended Post Game Show. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Sal. Hey, Sal, how you doing? Doing great. Um, how, how like, humble and, and like, gracious is Bruce Cassidy that, like, for, as long, for almost every game, his his post-game conferences, he just goes so in-depth and he has no obligation to give us so much inside information that he gives the media. I mean, he did not go to the Bill Belichick Northeast School of uh, Press Conferences. No, he didn't. You learn something every time Bruce talks. Yeah, it's, it's really fortunate and it just, it, just make, it just helps the fans like just grow with the team and, and feel even more connected. So I really appreciate that he does, does that and spends as much time almost – like more than he even has to, but that it's really cool to, to, to listen in every game after that. Um, I want to get your opinion. I, I, Montreal's one of those teams. I, I think Marty St. Louis is going to be one of those really like lifer coaches. I, I, I love what he does just from like an unbiased, like neutral observer. I, I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a really, I think he's going to be a coach in this league for a long time. Like he, he took a Montreal team that had. N- Ravaged with injuries in the second half last season, they were playing really hard and upsetting teams. And, and you know, t- today's no different. They're not. They're not on Vegas's level. Their top line is going to be better and better every year that they keep it together. I mean, what, what do you think of Montreal like going forward? I, I love that St. Louis is the coach there. He's always been a favorite player of mine. Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you on Martin St. Louis, and, and thanks Al for the call. I, I think Montreal is is kind of. You can see the building blocks for what this team's going to be when they're good, right? And, you know, that's not to take anything away from a 5-2-2 two, and two start. Like, they're in games right now. They're finding ways. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, like, when you've got Nick Suzuki and, and Cole Caulfield to build around and, and you see how dynamic those players are, both with and without the puck, and you're playing a style where you know you're you're trying to pressure and pressure and pressure. You're utilizing those young legs and that energetic um, aspect of, of their game. I think that they can be a a really fun, dynamic team. Now, 
At some point, though, you're going to need to kind of shift from being a fun, energetic, high-skilled team to a team that can kind of close games out or find that extra gear or, like tonight, find the equalizer, you find the equalizer in the third period, but then there was a bit of a sag for Montreal after that. you you gotta you got to really push the pace and find that, that next goal. So it's going to be probably a season or two before the Montreal Canadiens are, are really a team that's pushing for contention, but the building blocks are there, and I think they're going to be really good once they get there. Thanks for the call, Sal. Really appreciate, appreciate it. Let's go back to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ryan? Um, I mean, 9011, I can't complain, right? I, I also can't complain. The first year I've gotten to go for the, you know, quote-unquote Halloween game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really fun, cool atmosphere. I loved seeing everybody dressed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, right, it wasn't a great game, like, but we still won. Yeah. Again, because this team is going to dig deep and do whatever it takes to win. Um, yeah, Hill had a, a giant gaffe, and you know what? It, it's a regular season game. It happens, and they still got the win anyway. Like, get him out of the way now, and he won't make that mistake again, right? Like, that's something that he's going to sit with him, and uh, he's going to think about it. Yeah, I mean, he still made thirty-seven saves in the game, right? Like, yeah. oh yeah. As as much as as much as that gaff kind of takes momentum out out of the game for the Golden Knights, like, mm-hmm. you don't win this game without Aiden Hill. Like, he was phenomenal. No, he he absolutely had. There were some points where there was so much zone pressure by the mm-hmm. uh, Habs going on that he he got his work cut out for him on that one. And like honestly, it went to the shootout, and he got to redeem himself. Mm-hmm. Like he. He did it. He's a mountain. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, Stephanie. Uh, bringing back the pole, Aiden Mountain. I love it. Not Aiden Hill, Aiden Mountain. Probably probably suits him well in this game. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Peter. Hey, Peter, how you doing? I'm doing great, of course. Uh, I was, I was going to actually talk about Aiden Hill. You guys just kind of covered it. I don't know what else I have to add. I, I just thought he was phenomenal today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the mistake, I think, from a fan point of view, we blow those things out of proportion a little mm-hmm. bit. There's, there's, they're so, uh, they're so front and center when you're watching the game. But it's, it's really, I mean, lots of mistakes happen in hockey games. This one just happened to be consequential. And it, but if you if you focus on something like that, compared to, I did you say 37 saves it was, and yeah. a lot of those were just amazing saves. Just like the guy, was, the guy was just on it today, so mm-hmm. no problem with the mistake. Um, the, another interesting thing I just noticed, like Jonathan Marchessault's, uh shootout goal, his form and his approach to the goal resembled exactly the the shootout from from two or three nights ago in, mm-hmm. in the other game that, that we won. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It, he he has this beautiful. He skates up and then he comes up into this. Uh, he just kind of stops in front of the goalie and then just snaps the puck, like you don't even see him wind up hardly. Yeah, uh, I, I, you wonder. I mean, do they scout these guys? I mean, it was it was almost to me it was exact same play and move. It was just, just fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, is that true? Is that what what what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, thanks for the call, Peter. Um, when it comes to the shootouts, yeah, you're absolutely scouting goaltenders, their tendencies, what they're. You know what they're good at, what they're not good at, where you can generally exploit a goalie, right? And you know, you even heard Shea Theodore kind of talk about it. Like he he was watching Sam Montembeau in in the shootout to see where his strengths were, kind of in the moment. 
and he said that he was working really well laterally, laterally so he went uh, with one move, up, roofs it, and, you know, you, you try not to think about it too much. You have the scouting report in your head, but you try not to think about it too much. Other players, I think, have a go-to move, and they believe wholeheartedly in their move, and they're not going to come off their move, regardless of what the scouting report says. So I think it's kind of an individual player perspective in this situation. But, you know, the fact of the matter is you've got some guys that are shootout specialists, like Shea Theodore, like Paul Cotter. And, you know, I, I throw Jonathan Marcheseau into this one as well. And, and Marcheseau, his goal, it's all about playing with different types of speed, right? Like he comes in fast, he slows up, and then as, you know, you're, you're a goaltender kind of trying to, to match his speed, all of a sudden you're off in terms of matching that, and he just rips a shot by you. So uh, there's a couple of different things that play for Jonathan Marcheseau on that goal. But the fact of the matter is, yes, there are scouting reports. Sometimes you go with them, sometimes you don't go with them, especially if you're a player that really trusts your moves and your handles in the shootout. 702-876-1340 is the number, 702-876-1340. If you'd like to join us on the other side of the break, it's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3-2 to two the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Montreal Canadiens in the shootout. Vegas now 9-0-1, 19 out of a possible 20 points so far on the year. Next in action Thursday, 7 o'clock, right here inside T-Mobile Arena against the Winnipeg Jets. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Steven. Hey, Steven, how you doing? Well, Ryan, when you think uh, 19 out of a possible 20 points, I feel like I'm on cloud nine on top of the hockey world. I assume you're in the same stress here right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't you can't do much better than, than what the Golden right. Knights were able to do over the first 10 games. So you'll take it, you'll you'll accept the points, you'll, uh, you'll deposit those into your account, and you'll hope to get better and better as the season goes on. For sure. With tonight, too, you said it earlier, and I – couldn't agree more with it. This game definitely looked like a game where the Knights were on their third game mm. in four days. The yeah. shot count I'm looking at right now, it, it was ugly up until overtime. Um, for it to have been 2-2 is a real testament to Aiden Hill, as well as his defense ability to mostly keep the puck out of their net, even though Aiden had that gap, which I feel like is a, another example of this team being on their third game in four days. Like you could see the energy was a little flat throughout the night tonight. Uh, they mm-hmm. didn't have their game exactly where they wanted to be, but good teams find ways to win games. And tonight was a great example of facing the adversity of having so much workload within a short amount of time against a Canadian team that I don't think is getting the kind of respect that they should be getting right now. Mm-hmm. They, they've played well, and for the Golden Knights to get this one won, despite how they played, is, in my opinion, a real testament to just how good of a team they are. But I do absolutely agree they need to clean the game up a little bit, uh, get the rest that they can get before Winnipeg and prepare for this next busy stretch here that's coming up. Because while I love that they're banking the points now, it's not going to get any easier anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But, again, good teams find ways to win these games. Yeah, great stuff there, Stephen. Thanks for the call. Uh, I'm with you in that good teams do find a way to win. Winnipeg and Colorado are going to be interesting just – from my perspective, because you look at the Golden Knights' three best games so far this season, Dallas, you're not going to argue with that one. I thought, I thought they played really well. 
the first game against Winnipeg, again, not their best game, but they played better for, for larger stretches in that one. Um, and then L.A. on Saturday, like three playoff teams, and they were right there. So um, I'm expecting the Golden Knights to be much better on Thursday against Winnipeg, and certainly uh, they're going to have to be better on Saturday against Colorado because if you you have your B game against Colorado, it's a, it's a really long night. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Tim. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it was a bit of a sketchy game, but uh, I'll tell you, there's two two highlights that I like. Number one was was the poise that the boys shoot in the in the uh, in the uh, shootout. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no panic in a, any one of those guys. Secondly, no. when somebody like a goalie makes a mistake like Aiden did, mm-hmm. a lot of goalies would fall apart. But he just seems to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'll never forget the the fact that he smiles almost all the time. I do have one question though. Mm-hmm. Are we is it just this year or or are we much worse on faceoffs this year than we have been in the past? I you know, I, I thanks for the the call there Tim. From the last two or three years in front of me right now. I'll, I'll do a little bit of digging and, and get back to you on that one as to whether or not the Golden Knights face-off percentage now this season has, is is better or worse or equal to what they've done over the last couple of years. Um, face-offs are important, more situational to me uh, than, than anything else. But, you know, I'm going to look at Paul Cotter's goal on the power play in the first period. All of that happens because William Carlson wins a faceoff, right? You got to dig in to win, and you're able to get some zone time, and you're able to get uh, puck to the net, and, and it, it ends up being a goal for the Golden Knights. So you can look at every individual faceoff. I'm not one to do that. I look at situations, power play, penalty kill, those types of things. Um, and you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, you're you're, you're going to be looking at starting with the puck. Somewhere in the ballpark of like 49% of the time to 52% of the time. So over the course of 82 games, like I don't think it makes a, a huge difference, but inside of certain situations it does. Uh, but your point on Aiden Hill, being able to just kind of shrug off uh, a misplay is huge. It's important. It's big. It's a big reason why he was able to win a Stanley Cup and a big reason why the Golden Knights have started the season 9-0-1. We're back with more on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3-2. The final, the Golden Knights defeat the Montreal Canadiens in the shootout. Uh, just circling back real quick on Tim's question about face-off percentage. The Golden Knights' face-off percentage is uh, better this year than it was last year and the year prior. So uh, final year for Pete DeBoer, face-off percentage about 49.3%. Uh, First year under Bruce Cassidy, 52.3%, and it's only a 9-10 game sample size, but right now the Golden Knights operating at about 53.2%. So again, somewhere between 48% of the time or 52.5% of the time, uh, that's what you're looking at for face-offs over the average of 82 games. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Marianne. Hey, Marianne, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Ryan. How are you? I'm I, fantastic. I'm calling in regards to the same fact because 
right after the game ended for some reason. I just looked up Will Carlson as far as face-off percentage, mm-hmm. and he's like the second highest, I believe, in the, in the whole NHL. And they were saying that he, he is up at something like 66%. He's got um, 99 total face-offs and has like in the 50, um, high 50s or 60. Yeah. So, and he's like always there. No, they hadn't done all that great at the end of this past couple of games, you know, when, but they still won. So mm-hmm. that's just the way, the way they are. And they're going to keep going. they got a rough still schedule now, too, what, Thursday and, what, Friday and Saturday? Yeah, uh, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. Back to back. Yeah. So, but they can make it through that. They just have to dig in a little harder and get get to bed earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you doing anything fun for Halloween? Uh, sitting here talking to my granddaughter. Hmm. I call her whenever we have a game, and she's up in Reno now, her first year of college. She's going nice. to UNR. And I said, okay, get on your thinking caps. They're playing right now. And I swear every time it turns it around, just having that extra, you know, oh, you know, so we don't have her here this year, so we're just kind of hanging here in ourselves, you know. I'm yeah. so scared during, not really scared. I'm confident during the games. I mm-hmm. still, still am, no matter what, you know, and it really makes a difference. So yeah. we got that extra push. Uh, so. you've, you've proven it now over two seasons, Marianne. Thanks for the call. Power <laughs> of positive thinking. Uh You've been steadfast that the Golden Knights were going to win a Stanley Cup. They did, and you've said that they, you know, may never lose a game in regulation. And to this point, they're proving you right. So, uh, well done, fantastic stuff there on the call, Marianne. Um, again, the Golden Knights. It wasn't their wasn't their A game, and we've you know we've kind of said that over the course of the last couple of weeks. We we know objectively, right, that the Golden Knights have to play better. But you can't. You can't just set aside what they've been able to do through 10 games. You can't just set aside the fact that they've banked 19 out of a possible 20 points. And in understanding that and looking at how important a, a good start was for Vegas last year, because ultimately there's going to be a dip. Ultimately you're going to have a moment in the season where it's just going to kind of get away from you. The fact that you were able to pick up 19 to 20 points, that's going to be able to buoy you in those situations. So a great start for the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, 3-2. The final here in the shootout over the Montreal Canadiens. Thanks to Jed Donaldson. Down here making sure everything sounds great, along with Trainee Vanessa. And thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. It's your post-game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until Thursday, have a great night, everybody, and a happy Halloween. We will see you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.